with the, um, with the end of the year, the start of the new year, we saw, I saw lots of, of images and things. Um, you know, hopefully once, once 2020 is over, then 2021 will be that much better, right? All the problems are going to stay behind. We're not going to have any, any problems going forward, turning over a new leaf. And as the first week of 2021 has unfolded, it doesn't seem like those images were true. It seems like we're on the same trajectory, if not the worst trajectory. Um, and as I was praying, um, just, Lord, how do, what, what do you have to say to all this? And I was trying to listen to what God wanted to speak, I think that word listen is the thing that, that jumped out at me most. Um, the tendency is for, the, what struck me is just lots of everybody wanting to say something about it, but not a lot, and especially what God, I think, was lifting up is the, the element of listening to him. Um, there's a, I came across a, a saying of one of the ancient Greek philosophers that says that we have two ears and one mouth so that we listen twice as much as we speak. That goes against, though, our natural human desire of probably speaking three times as much as we listen on, on a good day, right? It's like when we're in a, a noisy, crowded room, and as, as you can't hear, you just, what happens is that everybody just talks louder. So it keeps getting louder and louder and louder and louder till we really can't hear anything anymore, right? We have two ears and one mouth so that we listen twice as much as we speak. The homily um, is just, as, again, as I was praying about that, is never about me telling you what I think about whatever's happening, about the readings, about the world. That's not the purpose of what the homily is. The purpose of the homily is all of us together listening to what God has to say through the scriptures, through the liturgy, what does God have to say to each one of us? That's always my prayers. Lord, what do you have to say to us, like right here at Holy Cross, January 2021? He always, always has something to say to each one of us. And what he has to say to each one of us is, is different. It's not like one general message that he speaks to us. We all come to Mass, like I said before, in many different places. We come to Mass with different things in our hearts. We're in different family situations. We all have different struggles. We're all in different spots. And the Lord always has something to say specifically to that spot that, 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 that we come with. He always has something to say. And the key is that I, I, I am listening to what God is saying to me. That's, that's the number one reality. And as, I'm, as we listen together on this feast day, and I feel like I say this a lot, that it's providential that God has given us these readings and this feast to speak to us today. It's almost like the scriptures always have something to say to whatever we're going through. God's living word always has something to speak. As we celebrate today the feast of the baptism of Jesus, Jesus, who, who didn't need to be baptized, allowed himself to come and to be baptized by John in the Jordan. Baptism, which forgives us our sins and removes original sin from our hearts and claims us as a son or as a daughter of God, Jesus, more than anybody, didn't need that. Jesus didn't need to have his sins removed because he had no sins. Jesus didn't need to be claimed as a son of God because he was the only begotten son of God, become man. Jesus had no need to be baptized. We all needed it. 
But Jesus had no need to be baptized, but allowed himself to enter into the waters of the Jordan, into the reality of our human nature, to speak a very important message that was startling to all the people at the time. They wouldn't have expected the Messiah to come and to allow himself to be baptized by a man. Obviously, John didn't expect that either. Jesus did that to speak something very important. John, who said in the gospel today, like, I'm not worthy to even unfasten the thongs of his sandals. I'm only baptizing with water. He comes with the Holy Spirit. In other gospel accounts, he even tries to protest and says, Lord, I need to be baptized by you. I shouldn't be baptizing you. It should be the other way around. It's almost like in John's mind, saying, Lord, you need to baptize me. You need to wash away my sins. You need to wash away my darknesses by your light. Your light needs to come into the darkness of my heart. I I have nothing to, to, to baptize you with. How often is, I think, that our prayer? Lord, wash all my sins away. Lord, take this away from me. Lord, let this darkness pass away from me. Lord, let this suffering come away from me. Let your light come into my heart. Jesus, however, doesn't doesn't baptize John. I don't think Jesus, Jesus never baptizes John. Jesus doesn't remove his sins and all of his struggles at that moment. But he does something, in the grand scheme of things, equally as important by allowing himself to come into that reality. The whole season of Christmas, which ends today, is celebrating the fact that God became man. On Christmas, that God entered into our human nature and was truly born into our world. That he was born not just as this triumphant king, but was born into a human family. That he came as the light revealed to all the nations to scatter the darkness. That that is what he came to do. But he came to do that by entering into the full reality of it. And today, as he was baptized, he he entered into the, the reality of our sin. Baptism takes away sins, and by allowing himself to be baptized, he took on the fullness of what it, of what it means to, 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 to be human and sanctified those waters that wash away our sins. And his baptism points forward to how he's going to continue to take on all of the suffering of mankind as he's scourged, as he's beaten, as he's crucified on the cross for our, our salvation. He saves us by entering fully into every struggle, feeling every struggle, being with us in that. Rather than scattering John's darkness, he said, John, I'm going to put myself with you in in the reality of human sin and human struggle. The people at that time, and we so often kind of default into thinking that God is like this perfect immobile being, that we're just expected to go to, right? God is like the sun, which doesn't move, and everything just kind of revolves around it. And that's just our expectation. John's whole message was, was one of conversion, right? One of repentance, turning ourselves back to God and then and going back to God, which isn't wrong necessarily. But what Jesus reveals is that that's only half the story. It's not just a one-way street of us going back to God. God is not this immobile being. What Jesus reveals today, which startled everybody, was that 
there's another, there's another half of the story. For as much as we're desiring God, and especially when we're not desiring God, God is chasing after us. God is running after us, coming down to the depths of, of everything, that we, all of our struggles, to be with us in that. When we're turning away, He's running after us. When we're coming towards Him, He's still running to make the way to Him shorter. He wants more than anything to meet us in that encounter. And what happens at that moment of encounter, as we meet God and God meets us, we hear the words that Jesus heard in the Gospels today, the words that I think are the only words that we hear the Father explicitly saying in the Gospels, you are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. In that encounter, when, when we recognize God running to meet us, and when we submit ourselves to run to God, we get this affirmation, you are my beloved, my chosen, my beloved son or daughter, and with you I am well pleased. And those are words that we can never allow to slip away, that we can never allow to, to, to forget. God is saying no matter how dark it gets, no matter how uncertain it gets, no matter what is going on, if everything is crumbling, this is a rock that is never going to change. You are worth, every single one of us is worth his, his coming out to meet us. Or worth all the suffering, all the darkness, that love never is going to change. No matter what happens. You were worth becoming man for. You were worth being baptized for. You were worth suffering and dying for. So that the resurrection, the glory of the resurrection, can truly permeate everything. God wants to be a part of every single element of, our, of the reality of our life. And it's by meeting Him in that, that the glory of His light is really able to shine in that in a way that impacts us. That's something that never changes. That's the promise that God made to us in each one of our own baptisms. No matter what, that mark, that claiming is real and is there. And it's very hard to live as if that's true. It's easy to let those just be words. As Jesus is baptized today and as He hears the voice of the Father saying that, the, the prayer, I believe, and the invitation for us is to truly listen for those words in my life and in my heart. That those words can really be a rock. That in the midst of everything else that is uncertain and is fading away, ultimately, that that is the rock on which I build my life. Because if that is true, and if I, if I can hold on to that, that's all that matters. We pray today that the graces of our baptism, that grace of being claimed as a son and a daughter of God might be renewed in our hearts, that we might listen to God say that to us, that affirmation might give us the real direction and the security of our life that our hearts are longing for.